0: Spears
1: shall be shaken. Shields shall be splintered. A sore day, A red
0: day Hello everyone, and welcome to Saga, Ohio, a podcast by fans and players of Saga, The Skirmish Miniatures game from Studio Tomahawk. For our 10th episode of Saga, Ohio, I am joined by my longtime ancients friend and enthusiast. Bob Boggs. I've known Bob for many years playing DBA and DBM Agents. Bob, welcome, and thanks for agreeing to join the podcast.
1: Well, glad to be here.
0: All right, so Bob, maybe tell us a little bit about what kind of gaming you've been able to get in during the, uh, during the COVID pandemic.
1: Sure. Uh, I've actually been playing, uh, was actually playing quite a bit of Flames of War, and uh, actually playing some bolt action as well, actually doing some bold action right now, as a matter of fact, but basically those those two games uh, with the, with a friend of mine. We would get together on a weekly basis, uh, both of us, uh, you know, wearing masks and all that sort of thing. But it allowed us to uh, to get in some fun time.
0: Well, that's great. So you've been able to get in uh, weekly miniatures gaming face to face pretty much through this whole thing then.
1: Absolutely. It's kept me sane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I certainly missed um I missed the the face-to-face miniatures gaming. I was able to get in a lot of board games. Uh, we we would get together on Sunday nights and play on Board Game Arena. Me and actually, it got up to about eight or nine of us that would uh, that would meet on Sunday night there. But there just wasn't the miniatures going on, so I definitely missed that. Um, but yeah, hey, no, ma- I
1: actually did some Access and Allies uh, online as well. So that was a lot of fun. You know, when I couldn't actually. A war game with someone else.
0: So is the Axis and Allies, uh, is it against an AI or is it something where you've got actual players you're going against or what? Uh,
1: it's uh, AI.
0: AI, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, it I was know... a, lot of, a lot of fun. It wasn't buggy like earlier uh, versions, so I didn't have those kinds of issues. So it was actually a lot of fun.
0: That's great. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of that. Not so much, but uh, a little bit of that. And I was actually tempted to take the plunge and and download another game and you know play, uh, play against uh, Jason Mirosevich, uh down in South Carolina. but I knew that there was a lot of things going on. I figured, yeah, right about the time I learned the game, that's when we'll be playing saga again, so maybe I'd better not. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, I think the, the online gaming was definitely helpful to keep us, keep us all going and everything, but uh, I think a lot of us are glad to have be back to, back to face-to-face game days.
1: Yeah, absolutely love to do miniatures.
0: Yeah, and so speaking of game days, our our monthly Saga game days started back up this past Sunday uh, with our meeting at the Dragons Guild Hall in Beaver Creek. And uh, Bob was there with his Baltic Crusader army. Uh, Bob, what would you enjoy most about that day?
1: Well, actually, getting to connect again with uh, fellow war gamers, you know, that that was uh, long overdue, if you will. But I also enjoy not not only getting to see the folks, but actually get to see the armies uh, that they've painted as we've gone through, you know, the COVID crisis. So it's really interesting to see the the hard work uh, and the love I'm sure that goes into it as well uh, in in uh, actually creating their Saga armies, which is always a lot of fun to see.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. It's one of my favorite parts to see. Hey, what what did uh what new things did you paint up? So I was really excited to see. Mike Stelzer's uh, Carthaginian army—he uh, got that all painted up uh, during the pandemic—and he's actually pretty sure he's done with his Greek one too. So uh, he got two armies done during the during the pandemic.
1: Oh, well, those so, are always colorful armies, and they looked really great.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did, especially the elephant on there. I had a, I, I really like. I took a picture of. Uh, I was walk around, take pictures, and everything. Took one picture, kind of at Andy's goals all rushing towards the elephant, and the way the elephant's posed, he's got like one leg up in the air, like he's getting ready to stomp one of them. And it was pretty good. <laughs> so uh,
1: very realistic, yeah, yes. very realistic.
0: Yes, although although I was watching a little bit of that game, and that was actually er- very early on. Uh, Andy charged into that uh, into that elephant and used the, there's a power on the Gallic warboard called uh, Power of the Ancient Gods. And he killed the elephant in one shot, basically. Is, uh, you know, oh my god! Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike ended up in uh, Actually, Andy did win that game, but it looked like Mike was back in in charge of the game. Uh, but uh, but Andy did pull it out. It was a really close game, but uh, yeah, it was cool to see that on the tabletop.
1: Well, and plus I, two really good players.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I actually yeah. got a chance to play uh, in the second round. That's who I played was. Was Mike Stelzer, and I played as Carthaginians. And I have to be completely 100% honest. I had heard that the Age of Hannibal armies are really, really tough factions, uh, and that they weren't necessarily balanced with the other books. But I, my Moors, were able to handle them. So I was it, was, it was, so it was kind of the best of both worlds. I got to see an Age of Hannibal army play, and I got to, got to beat it. So. <laughs> So, well, that's
1: always it's always nice to win it's yeah, always nice to win it is yeah. and but you, i but i learn an awful lot from losing too so.
0: absolutely sometimes you learn more from losing many many years of getting beaten in ancients uh you know you know taught me most of what i know about miniatures gaming but uh so you're both humility procedure. right and yes, humility <laughs> absolutely it, humili- And still working on the whole uh sportsmanship and not whining when you're losing (laughs) (laughs) that's not easy (laughs) no it's not i even got i even got like a little mechanic that i've got going on now to to keep myself from complaining about dice rolls but actually my dice were fairly good at uh you know this past sunday so i certainly didn't have to worry too much about complaining about my dice so now you're your Crusaders came out on top against Jason's Last Romans, right? Uh, so what was, what was their best moment of that game?
1: Well, I, you know, it's early on, I uh, was certainly having uh, some issues with his missile units. Uh-huh. And uh, with my particular army, the, you know, the Baltic Crusaders, you have the options for some missile units, but I really didn't want to use those. I wanted to go with the, uh, the Hearth Guard Okay. And as as many mounted and as many mounted units as I as I could. So you know I was uh, holding back a little bit, you know, because of the missile units as long as I could, and then I had to um, uh, move forward, obviously in charge. Mm -hmm. So in in the end, uh, based upon you know hiding some of my troops, you know, in the woods, you know, if you will, and then bringing them out, I was able to uh, basically uh, flank Jason. Uh, and then it turned definitely to my favor, but all in all, it was an excellent uh, game. It was very close, always well played by Jason, of course. So uh, I'll say that uh, the tie were uh, in my favor a bit towards the end of the game.
0: Uh, okay, so we both we both <laughs> had that going for us on Sunday. Um, so what did you learn about your Baltic Crusaders or maybe about the, the late Romans in that game? <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, actually, you know, and I do have a late Roman army. and We talk a little bit about that. I've played them a couple of times, and we'll play them again. But with the Crusaders, uh, one of the things I learned right off the bat, um, and and Jason had shared that with me. He was obviously well-read on um, saga rule changes and army changes. And that is that uh, in the past, if you went with Henry Mm -hmm. uh, as your legendary hero, you also you know, cost a point to do that, but you would actually gain what they used to say was eight Hearthguard, guard uh, either mounted or on foot. But then they changed it, which made sense to, um, to actually warriors.
0: Yeah, the Western uh, better, Knights.
1: Yeah, the Western Knights. So um, what I have done is, you know, I actually used some other troops that I had that weren't that weren't exactly Western Knights and I have since ordered Western Knights, and I'm in the process of gluing them all together right now.
0: Oh, that's cool. But what wow. I,
1: yeah, but what I, what I learned, obviously, is, you know, having the additional mounted uh, warriors can really, really come in handy, you know, to fill gaps if you need them, or, um, you know, in this case, you know, hopefully to be able to outflank your opponent. I uh-huh. like the mobility uh-huh. of uh, mounted uh, troops.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm finding that with my moors, too, that I... Really enjoy playing that uh, that mobile army. Um, cool. So now, what what do, what composition do you use, or did you use that time for for your Baltic Crusaders? You had the one point of uh, Western Knights, which is actually free. Which I just noticed that tonight. That is that is like the best bonus ever for a legendary warlord. Yes, you have to pay a point, but hey, here's the bonus unit that comes along with them. <laughs>
1: yeah so you end up actually um you give your opponent a two victory points uh, mm-hmm. by taking henry uh, yeah, that's not too bad considering the fact you end up getting eight warriors they also get four additional attack dice Oh, okay. so you know you add that into it as well and um you know that can certainly be an advantage yeah. so to answer to answer your question uh, I'll probably change it up a bit, but one of the things I learned from playing you and from playing Jenny, as a matter of fact, is uh, setting up your hearth guard uh, with six figures each. So going with, you know, six hearth guard and six more hearth guard for, you know, a total of three points. Uh, if, if you do that right, you end up with, uh, you know, an additional die uh, or two or two, you know, would actually be nice. But, you know, it's still a pretty strong unit. Uh, if, if you will, and it, it provides me with, uh, I, I think, a few more options, you know, being able to do that. So what I'll probably do with this army, other than painting up actual Western, um, uh, uh, w- well, not knights, but warriors, the Western uh, warriors. Right, but they're, they're knights, prob- yeah. Yeah, it's pretty likely that I'll probably have uh, six and six mounted Hearthguard, and I'll probably go with um, uh, six and six Hearthguard on foot.
0: Oh, okay. So you're going to be very hearthguard heavy then.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, obviously I can only do a total of six points. I, I've got to work out those numbers and, and that sort of thing. But I'm going to definitely be heavy on uh, hearthguard, but then also the uh, mounted warriors, the western warriors.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I consider them knights. They're kind of like knights, basically. They've got the, uh, you know, the the bump as you said. They get more attack dice, and uh, you know they're. They're meant to be the knights. They're just mercenary knights, you could say. But uh, it's that's that's really cool. That is a uh, a great ability of of Henry the Lion. Although that that thing that like you were saying, giving up those points at the every turn because he, he counts as dying at the end of every game, uh, is a really kind of interesting <laughs> mechanic. <laughs> So yeah, you... it's,
1: it's automatic. So you gain some things and you lose some things. But all in all, I, you know, I do like that option. And I, I definitely did not want to go with the what is the Levantine? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not really that much into playing pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pay a price for that, you know, certainly not uh, having as many missile type uh, units, if you will. Uh, and there's some certain advantages to that. But I definitely prefer uh, going with uh, Henry.
0: Yeah, now you can take warrior crossbow, can't you, and in the, in the Baltic Crusaders if you wanted to?
1: Yes, yes, you can. And I have them painted, you know, and that's something I'm definitely going to be uh, thinking about. They're not warriors, though. They're um, Oh,
0: levies, levies, that's right. Yeah,
1: they're levies. So so the Baltic have, have the possibility of using both spear, uh, I believe it's spear, and or um, crossbows. But anyway, definitely crossbows. Definitely. Right. Well, yeah. oh, maybe it's bows and crossbows. Yeah, I'm not is. sure, but they definitely can have crossbows.
0: Right. So,
1: I so they're not... painted. It's just a matter of wanting to use them.
0: Right. Oh, so they are painted. They're all ready to roll. Just. Uh, they're brought ready them to roll. The... It's. Haven't brought yeah. them out on the field yet. Well, I've thought
1: about it. Believe me, I've thought about it because they would come in handy.
0: Yeah, I've found that yeah. uh, with most armies, it seems useful to have that one one point of levy levy missile troops to. Sticking the bad going and, you know, reach out and touch your opponents from a foot away and, you know, kind of, you know, because there's just so much you can do with that. I mean, you can say, okay, they first come into range. I'm going to use, you know, one activation dice on them and I'm also going to use the generals we obey and get two quick shots off. And, you know, who knows? You get lucky. You may, uh, you know, you may, you may uh, whittle them down pretty good. So.
1: There's a good chance. You may have already talked me into using them next ah, time. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, the Baltic Crusaders composition is still kind of a work in progress, then, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still experimenting with it. Uh, and, and so far, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just like the mounted knights, uh, you know, the mounted uh, hearth guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the way they look as well. Oh, and yeah. I, I yeah, like you're... that period. And, yeah, historically, I love that period.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and your army looks good. Looks really good on the tabletop. Uh I uh I agree with you on the the usefulness of the mounted hearthguard. That the the ability to to close, you know, a foot from a foot away and attack and everything. So you pretty also pretty sold on uh on your on uh what's his name again? Uh Henry the Lion. You got to stick stick with using him.
1: Yeah, I just can't pass up those eight warriors okay, okay. <laughs> now I, I... I, I will tell you if, if you go with the foot version of that which you can uh, unfortunately it restricts their movement to uh, small yeah that's that's and be for tough. that reason yeah I, I, I would have you know maybe tried that but you know just the movement doesn't make any sense uh, if, if it's if it's small I just couldn't move them across the board fast enough to do much of anything other than have it as the center of a line
0: right right i agree and, yeah. or, or seizing an objective and hanging on to it or something like that it would be right. yeah it would be definitely be difficult to deal with an a unit that only gets to move once and it moves a short distance so uh i think you did the right thing by choosing the mounted version of them so
1: yeah and and they st- and they do have that same restriction you know they could only be activated once per turn right uh, but still i i think it's worth it particularly uh, given their movement
0: right Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, So what do you do about fatigue on those guys? Uh, How do you you get the fatigue off, or do you just simply say, okay, they're going to sit still this turn, I'm going to take fatigue off? Do you have anything on the board that lets you take it off, or...? Or what do you do? Uh, I do.
1: I do have that option if I want to use it. You know, that is available. uh, But the one thing that I do is I try to make sure my leader is always uh, next to a unit, you know, because of what leaders can do, obviously, so that we can move um, a a fatigue around versus a loss. Okay. I'm I'm sure you know exactly. I'm probably not saying it the right way, but, you know, basically, I have to look at the placement uh, of the units uh, in relation to uh, the leader. But. This last game, I just didn't um, have too many issues with fatigue, okay. and that might have just been that game, uh, but uh, basically, with the combat, most of the fatigue went away as we went through and, and started making changes you know, during, during the combat.
0: That's true. The it's opponent that. using up your fatigue and you know, getting rid of it for you, So that makes sense. And, and I guess uh, since Jason has a lot of missile troops there in his last Romans, they're not necessarily causing that much fatigue on you either, just by shooting you. So, yeah, huh? Okay. Yeah,
1: very true. Very true.
0: Yeah, so you got some more tweaks going on with their composition. Uh, any tactics, new tactics you want to try with them? Uh, I know I, I agree with you on the six-man uh, Hearthguard units, but what else?
1: Um. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm going to take a look at the center line and what I want to actually place in the center line. Again, should I be using you know missile units, putting them in um, in, in, in some kind of um, forest-wooded area or, or whatever the case may be? Uh, am I going to do that or am I going to go with uh, units in the center of the board just to basically hold the line and then work towards uh, outflanking maneuvers? Okay. Uh, given the fact that I get the additional eight uh, warriors uh, that are mounted, I, I think that gives me a bit of an advantage. So I want to take a look at that. Again, a lot of that depends on the terrain,
0: right? Yeah. And, and
1: of course right, my, yeah. op- and my opponent's army, you know, if, if, I'm looking at another army that is uh, mounted and very mobile, uh, that could be an issue, but for those armies that aren't very mobile, I see a real advantage in, in the additional uh, movement capabilities.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you because uh, Jenny, for one, is just uh, paranoid about cavalry armies with her Vikings, and she doesn't. Uh, she thinks that they really struggle against them. I mean, I happen to think the Vikings are have a good counter for just about everybody, but uh, but I'll take her word for that. On that, they, you know, there are armies out there that are going to struggle against mounted. Um, so which to me probably the biggest answer then if you can do it is throw as much terrain as you, as you can out there to... yeah. well
1: i'll tell you she she though with her i learned the hard way uh playing against jenny her shield maidens Mm-hmm. yeah uh, they could be tough and I, and I went in on the attack and then i found out that no you don't want to if you if you ever needed missile units it's when you see the shield maidens coming
0: right yeah and they even get they count as cover with their big shields too so so, yeah, I've yeah. found the best way to deal with her shield maidens is warriors. Or actually, it's got to be somebody with the same armor as them. And since they have an armor of four, my uh, my Moors Mounted Hearthguard also have an armor of four. And then my foot warriors have an armor of four. So she's just kind of like, ah, oh, I got nobody. I got Everybody's got the same armor as me. Because they, they get a bonus if somebody has more a higher armor than them or even a lower armor than them. So... Yeah,
1: you know that's a, you're bringing up an interesting point, and and in fact I had forgotten about that, but uh, that did come up last time we played. But uh, talking about the Western Warriors, mm-hmm. they're still identified in the rule book as uh, five fours.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm I,
1: surprised I didn't change. I'm surprised I didn't change that when they changed it, uh, you know, from Hearthguard to uh, Warrior.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time I read that in the in the rule book. I'm like, what? I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! How can you get eight Hearthguard for one point? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, that was too good to be true, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Thank goodness, <laughs>
1: Thank goodness, they changed it. But you know, if if that's true though, then they basically have the same as as far as armor. Uh, their armor is the same as a knight at this point.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, yeah. a good troop, and and Henry the Lion can recruit as many of those as you want. So. You you could decide to to uh, make them an even bigger portion of your army if you wanted to. So, yeah,
1: more painting. Right. Yeah. How many? How um, many yeah, figures we're good did, at that?
0: How many figures did you <laughs> buy in this pack that you have all assembled?
1: <laughs> uh, Twelve.
0: Twelve. Oh, OK,
1: so, yeah. Or what's need... it? 10? Let's see. Eight. Let's see. Eight, nine, ten. I believe it's actually. Ten, okay. because two of them are going to actually become I'm going to increase my crusaders by two and then i will have the additional eight warriors okay i've ordered the the only thing i'm waiting for now are the shield uh, um yeah the shield the shield templates
0: okay the uh, decals then is that you're using the decals then okay cool yeah
1: absolutely absolutely yeah so they should be pretty colorful um i'm trying contrast paints that i'm from citadel that i haven't used in the past but i've heard a lot of good things about uh, their paints so I'm going to uh, try that on on this um, on this batch of Knights and Warriors.
0: Cool. I think Andy's used them. I know that uh, Jason Marosevich, uh has used them. And I'm trying to think of who else I know that's that's used the contrast paints. Um, but yeah, everybody it's said they've used them has liked them. So so hopefully they work out good for you.
1: And I love the 28 millimeter, too. You know, that's that's just a great size.
0: It is, oh. and and I don't know, Bob, I don't know if I could go back to doing the 15-liter ancients like you and I did for a decade or whatever plus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can yeah. do that. I just don't know if I could sit there and paint army after army that small.
1: Well, and if, to me, it, not only the fact that it's small, but, uh, you know, I've always really enjoyed the miniatures because of how visual it is. And when you're playing a 28, I mean it's just much much more visual, and, and uh, you know I really enjoy that size. So on the 28 millimeter, it's the same size I'm playing uh, with bolt action. Uh huh. So yeah, I'm en- uh-huh. I'm enjoying that size as well. Um, the 28 millimeter is my uh, preferred size now.
0: Yeah, and I'd have to say yeah. it is for me too. I, I've uh, I've kind of sh- I've got I've gone away from uh, 15 millimeter games. Still do my moderns in 20 millimeter. But uh, I do, uh, I, I've pretty much gone to all 28 skirmish kind of games uh, lately. So, for my miniatures at least. But, uh, all right, well, cool. Sounds like uh, these guys are a uh, evolving uh, army. Now, did you always play them as Baltic? Or when you first started playing them, were they Levantine or what?
1: No. Uh, actually, I read the, after I read the book, I immediately went to Baltic. Okay um, oh. I, I just like the options that came with with, with that army, so uh, no, I didn't even try the Levantine.
0: So now have you had a chance have you had a chance to play against uh, Thomas with his uh, his Levantine Crusader Army with its pilgrims and everything?
1: Gosh, you know, I'm not sure. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not sound familiar to me okay. at, at all. What kind of what kind of impression did you have using uh, pilgrims uh, or playing uh, against them?
0: Tell you what, those fanatical pilgrims are a wrecking ball. You know how a wrecking ball like swings back and forth on a crane and it just keeps swinging back and forth. Well, that's the pilgrims. Yeah. They go smashing into you, and if you kill some, he gets more saga dice because of that. He removes fatigue because of that, and he puts those saga dice on his board and he charges you again. <laughs> and whatever extra ones he has left over, <laughs> he throws in combat bonus and boom, they come in again and you kill some. And then, you know, he does the same thing. He he rolls dice based on how many you how many you killed and you know, gets to remove fatigue and stuff like that. And um, I I think I've heard somebody say on uh, either like uh, the Saga Thursday or the uh, Northern Tempest Saga podcast, I think somebody said that their game was over in two turns. Uh, when they played a a Peter the Hermit army with tons of uh, tons of uh, fanatic pilgrims. so they really? are they are scary. Um, the one time I played against them was back when I was playing my uh, Scots, you know I picked, oh. and uh, i I saw him doing this, and what it was I saw it was gonna happen. So I just started closing ranks. and you know, so I wouldn't kill that many of them. I would just push them off. And he basically ran out of activations at that point. Um, and you had to wait for his board to be empty. And then you could go munch him. And on your turn, you could do that. And sure, he could put all those dice on the board if he wants. But he's going to probably want to re-roll them anyway at the beginning of his turn. So, um, yeah, and I found you, you got to take just one of them out. Because if you try to you know, take out multiple ones in one turn, they're going to keep giving you, know, for every casualty you take, you're going to put more of those in the combat bonus. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a scary army to face. I honestly think it's probably the toughest in the Age of Crusades book. Um, you know, there's talk of Studio Tomahawk, uh, you know, nerfing as they like to call it, uh, the Peter the Hermit army and limit making limitations on either what he can do, or you know what uh, you know what fanatical pilgrims do. I'm pretty sure that. Peter the Hermit himself uh, can take, you know, an un... Let me... I, I can look it up right now. Uh, let's see. Pete may recruit uh, as many units of Fanatical Pilgrims as he wants. So he could show up with six Fanatical Pilgrims in his, ar- you know, in his army. Six units of Fanatical Pilgrims. Well, he might have to spend one on Peter the Hermit, so five. And, I mean, it would just be a nightmare trying to face, so... Yeah, needless to yeah. say, I, I, I would say that is probably, that is definitely a tough army out there. And, I mean, as you know yourself, yeah. that Crusader board's tough. Uh, I think your board that you have for your Baltics is still tough. I mean, mm-hmm. Chinks in the armor, that's that's a great ability.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's the one that I, probably the one I use most commonly, is that, because you can end up with as many as six additional attack dice, uh, depending on, on which die you use, Um to activate that right so, yeah that's that's def that's definitely one i always look for
0: yeah what else do you what else do you use on the on the crusader battle because like i said i've seen thomas play it uh i think i don't i don't think you and i have played when you were playing crusaders did is the one game we played were you playing your last romans then i think you were yes yes yeah i, I,
1: yeah, I think i was playing uh last romans uh, at that time um, well, you, you, there there's so many good things here. Uh, the, I'll tell you the one that I did discover, uh, and that, that was the one act well. Now there's two activations on it. There's uh, the Peasants' Crusade, mm-hmm. uh, where you know I'm not using Pilgrim, so I can remove two fatigues mm-hmm. uh, from the Warlord and one from each of my Hearthguard units. You know, so that's that's a possibility, but it takes two activation dice. Right. Uh, to do that. Right. But then the other one uh, and that's when I talked to, uh, you know, Jason kind of filled me in on and I think it was God's host. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can activate uh, one of your Hearthguard guard uh, units to rest or to move. So it's an activation reaction. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what a great thing to use, particularly if I'm being attacked and I don't want to be attacked uh, and then I can force it uh, you know, to move back and and save myself a lot of grief by doing that so that's one i i would say probably god's host and then fine cheeks in their armor are probably the two i'm going to definitely be using on a consistent basis
0: well yeah and like you said that's a god's host is an activation reaction so you're getting to do a movement uh well it is rest or move so you're not getting to charge during the opponent's turn but you're still getting a chance to move during the opponent's turn so if, he's getting ready to right. come after one of your uh, hearth guard unit that's, that's like fatigued or whatever. You can say, uh, uh-uh, I'm backing this baby up, you know. You know? And, and now he can, if there's fatigue on there, he can reduce your moves. He may not be going 12 inches back, but at the very least you're going a short back and taking off one of your fatigues. So... Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I, in fact, I used that when I was playing uh, Jason okay. uh, towards the end of the game, and that, and that really helped because it was a pretty close game. I mean, we were just within a couple points of each other.
0: Yeah. I think it was like within a half point of it being a draw or something like that. So Pretty yeah, it was close, a great, very close. it was a great game. Now another yeah. one that I've run into that's frustrating playing the crusaders is that blessing of the righteous. Um, and that's the one that, uh, well, it may not be as good as, yeah, it may not be as good as for you as it is for the Levantines, but if they have a unit of pilgrims in their war band, um, your unit cannot suffer any more casualties than its armor value so uh if you're trying to beat up on one of his small units like a warrior or even a you know levy archers you know you go attack these levy archers the most casualties you can do is three you know it's like what because you know a lot of people like to like to assemble a bunch of dice and make that big knockout blow and take a unit completely out well, as long as you got that blessings of the righteous queued up, people are going to be afraid to, to line up all those abilities and, and try the big knockout blow because you're going to toss that dice on there and uh, keep them from doing that.
1: And it was for naught. Well, yeah. and then the other part of that, and it says otherwise you may reroll a number of defense dice equal to your unit's armor. So so even if you don't have a pilgrim, I'm assuming you can use that for a non-pilgrim um
0: Right. Uh, so as, with all as the earth well, Guard so. you have in your unit, that's, that's saying you can reroll up a to lot. five dice if you're armor class five. So now here's the interesting thing. I wonder on that, is that at the moment you play it? So in other words, let's say that you had two fatigue on you and somebody lowered your, your armor down to from a five down to a three. And then you play blessing of the righteous, you're only getting three out of it, you know, instead of the normal five, because my guess is that's how it would be ruled that the moment you trigger that, whatever your armor is, and conversely, if you used one of the opponent, if one of the opponent's uh, fatigues and raised your armor to six and you triggered at that point, you're going to reroll up to six defense
1: dice. Well, so, so there's the question: can, can you activate it? after the attack. Well,
0: you got to activate it during that, you know, you go, I go step of the uh, the charge. So let's say you're the one attacking um, and, you know, you, you get to, they first they decide if they're closing ranks, assuming their foot that can close ranks, and then you decide the first thing you're going to play in melee phase. So right. yeah. uh, if you played it first, then yeah, you're going to get your five re-rolls. But let's say you instead played something else that you really wanted to do, and then on their turn they used one of your fatigues, or as you know, as you're going back and forth, they used one of your fatigues and brought you down to four. Then if you play Blessing of the Righteous at that point, you're going to get four dice to reroll, not five. At least that's how I would rule it. I believe.
1: Oh well, we'll have to we'll have to see. I'm gonna have to think about that bit.
0: Right, it's that whole it's that whole back and forth aspect of when you know when you got a melee going on, you know the attacker gets the first first chance to either use a fatigue or play a a saga ability or a combat bonus, you know, and then the defender, then the attacker, then the defender. So it's very some, for some of these abilities, it's it's really key at what point in that back and forth you 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 trigger the ability. So yeah, that's
1: that makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah, you definitely have to be careful.
0: Right. And, so be
1: playing that. I see, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: that may even end up being if you know that they're gonna roll a lot of attack dice, uh, that may be the first one you trigger. You may, you know, first first chance you get, play blessing of the righteous while your armor's still up there and high before they've used your your fatigue to lower your armor right. or anything.
1: Oh, that's so, a great idea.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that well, can cool. make all the,
1: that can make all the difference. It
0: can. It can. I've had yeah. it happen before where I'm like, oh, crap. I did these out of order you know, so, and you hamstrung yourself by doing that. So
1: like for A lot example, variables.
0: Yeah. Like, for example, the um, the Moors have an ability called wholehearted, which gets to use the enemy fatigue. Well, obviously, I got to play that before I start using their fatigue. So if they got two fatigue on them, I think it's I get like two attack dice per uh, per one of their fatigues. Um, then I got to play that before I start taking their fatigue off because you know you want to use it at its most effective point in the game in the uh, in the back and forth. So,
1: oh, that's a great strategy. Yeah, okay. that makes a lot of sense. A lot of All sense. Right. All right. That's good. That's good.
0: All right. What else you want to talk about with your, your Baltic Crusaders? You've been, uh, you've been doing really good with them of late. They've, uh, they've been racking up some, uh, some slaughter on the battlefield.
1: Well, just given the opportunity of our, uh, you know, first Sunday and third Sunday of the month, I'll have, I'll, I'll then have the opportunity to play them more and figure out what is the best mix. Of course, that's going to vary based on who you're playing, mm-hmm. you know, at any given time, but I just want to gain some experience uh, with them now. Above and beyond that, I've already started painting late Imperial Romans because I absolutely always have to have a late Imperial Roman army. Bob always has I'm to just have waiting. his Romans. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If, you know, if I can't have, uh, uh, I'm sorry, early Imperial, if I can't have early Imperial, I'll, I'll take, you know, something else. But um, I've already started on those and I'm hoping when the new book comes out, I'm assuming the one on the Caesars, uh, I'll be able to do an early Imperial uh, Roman uh, army. Oh, yeah. Uh, and ho- hopefully with a with a bolt thrower uh, thrown in as well. So I'm right. pretty sure I have a couple of those painted up. So uh, I'm looking forward to that once that happens. Yeah. I would but say until that... then, you know, the Crusaders and the late Romans, you know. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Well, I would yeah. say that uh, you're pretty safe on that because Age of Invasions is going to come out again eventually. I mean, you could play it as it is now. I mean, that's what Dave Eblin plays every week as he plays or you know, every time he plays his Romans. Um, and that, you know, that's meant to be the late Roman army, but I would say absolutely no one would complain if you, if you lined up some, uh, Lorica segmentia guys or whatever, and, and played with those guys using that, that list, the Roman list. But, uh, you're right. I think when right. Ages Caesars comes out, I think we're going to see a brand new list. Uh, I mean, you know, heck you're going to, you're going to be able to do the Romans through the ages. You'll be able to start at, uh. Age of Hannibal and play the Republican Romans and then move on up to Age of Caesars and play that one. And then you'll be able to play uh, the uh, Age of Invasions one and the last Romans and, <laughs> and then the Byzantines. Yeah, it's kind of a, a
1: method to my madness or just madness. I'm not sure which. Yeah, but, uh, well, it's... it's but I, I've, always, I've always loved uh, the early imperial uh, period. And of course, with DBA and, and DBM, uh, you know, that was always my favorite army to play. Uh Um, But I've always been fascinated with uh, the Roman Empire through the ages and and the army, uh, for the most part, once once it got into the early Imperial Roman era. And I I think I just enjoyed it so much because of, uh, you know, the discipline, uh, the structure, uh, the effectiveness, you know, given the ancient world and what was going on then, um, you know, just just very much influenced uh, by that and my love of uh, military history
0: right yeah and i agree with you i've always been a big roman fan too my first army i ever painted was uh 15 millimeter republican romans so you know i'm with you on that i i would probably have to say the armies of the republic are still my favorite of the romans although i do like i do like the late roman when they go with all the uh you know the different influences of the various barbarian tribes and everything so that's a fun one too, and and the Byzantine empires. You know, I know it's the same thing and everything, but it's it's cool too. And I one of these days I'm going to get that uh, Age of Crusades Byzantine army. I'm going to try that out and play it. And paint those seventy plus uh, figures or whatever of uh, a Byzantine levy and uh, have a good time with it.
1: <laughs> well, so many armies in so little time. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And that's that's uh, me and Stelzer talked on the, the last episode about how the number of armies that that are available to play in saga keeps going up i mean it's not at what the dba book was with 180 but you know what it's 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 as many as you can field <laughs> so oh my goodness as, yeah so yeah there's... i have
1: so many i have so many dba armies i just can't <laughs> i can hardly count them i don't <laughs> know that that's going to happen with saga but i'm going to have a few that i really love
0: oh yeah yeah i agree so yeah, I'm. I find myself uh, flipping through the books and tempted to. I'm like, oh, I could. So my newest, uh, my newest little uh, infatuation is um, Mongols. I'm just looking at those Mongols and saying, you know, <laughs> should I? Yeah. Should I? Should I paint these Mongols? I,
1: I, of course you should. <laughs> yeah, I
0: even found a company that uh, there's there's uh, first first core has. Uh, a company called Curtis miniatures that they they have them in and they're a bit small for twenty eights they're really more twenty fives but you know honestly wow. the the Mongol ponies were small, and the Mongols themselves were That's not true. that tall so um they have lots of varieties and figures so i I don't know do not be surprised if when we sit across the you know we we sit when we all go to to guard tower east here in another little over a week, you know, on May second, that I won't, I won't kind of have my head downcast and say, yeah, yeah, I did it, I bought them. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: And when you br- and when you bring them, and then and we play against each other, and then I'm asking, what happened to me? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll know, I'll know that you already, I'll know that you already mastered it. <laughs>
0: well, here's the thing, and here's and I said this on a few of my other podcasts is I have yet to see somebody show me the ropes on composite bows. I've yet to see somebody use them ill you know, and get the reaction out of their opponent, uh, that, wow, that's tough. That's really tough. That's that's almost not fair tough. Like, you know, this this last game against Mike Stelzer. I mean he he advanced forward, which you would think would not be a bad force. It was his Hearthguard, four man mounted Hearthguard unit. And his four-man foot hearth guard unit, they marched up this hill, and I saw him coming, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is this is dead meat. You know, this is easy pickings. And I, I ran those two six-man mounted hearth guards with javelin units forward. They each threw their javelins. That's 12 attacks. You know, so right. on average against a mounted hearth guard Carthaginian guy with an armor of four, I'm going to get six hits. And on average, he's going to save. He's going to have one figure left. Well, Mike's rolls were under average, so I I wiped it out with one one swing. It was one one turn, and then you know the next turn I did the same thing. You know, then I pulled him back because they have this ability called perseverance that allows you to activate you know that many either two or three depending on which dice you use mounted units, and so I pull him back. You know, rest them on the next turn. And send them yeah. forward again, and they did the exact same thing to the foot Hearth guard unit. So you know, I've yet to see somebody do that to me with crossbow, but with with composite bows. so so I'm thinking, wow. here's here's my prediction, Bob. I'm thinking when I it, when and if I start playing the Mongols, you're gonna see some L's next to my column, you know, next to my games there. There's gonna be some losses until I either figure them out or just say, "Bah." That that weapon's broken. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> but you know, half the fun is learning uh, learning new units and and uh, uh, and how they play against others. Right. Uh, and then cha- and then right. changing up your strategy. To me, a, a lot of the fun is afterwards going back and rethinking uh, the game and and trying to improve on it. So I'm sure that'll still be a lot of fun no matter what the outcome is.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that and that's one of the things I enjoy most about Saga is is looking at that board. And figuring things out, you know, like what what is a good combination of abilities, um, and, and so yeah, so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun doing that. Um, so I mean, and it's and I, you know, I can lose a few games. I don't, I you know, it's no big deal. I, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you realize this or not, Bob. Not counting the uh, the one solo game I played with this system that uh, Joe from Northern Tempest had come up with, it. I got. I got my head handed to me uh but um but the last time i played a live opponent and didn't win was you when we played uh the moors for or no it was the franks i was playing or the carolingians i was playing Mm -hmm. the carolingians versus your last romans and we tied that game right
1: uh that sounds right yeah Yeah, that sounds right I, i i'm pretty sure it was that close
0: i was just saying you were winning until the last turn you know, my last activation, I was able to sneak one of my archer units, you know, around this woods and get a shot at your general. Uh, and your general was like, you know, an inch, like a quarter, an inch, half an inch or an inch away from oh, one yeah. of his earth guard. And so he <laughs> couldn't use them as bodyguards. He was just they were a little bit too far away. And I was able to kill your, uh, kill your general. And that was the only way I could salvage a tie. Otherwise I remember that. That was still probably one of the closest games I've played of uh, I've played a saga. It was one that I was just like, "Hey, I've got I'm losing this game, and I'm like, what can I do? I'm like, I gotta kill his his leader. That's the only thing I can do." <laughs> so, so In fact, yeah. I, if
1: I'm not mistaken, that's when I actually um, rushed my card into the woods.
0: You did. You charged. If, your, if I'm not
1: mistaken, you, you yeah.
0: charged your <laughs> three point unit, half of your army, <laughs> those Klibinari <laughs> or whatever they call the the giant cataphract yeah. unit. And I was, and I oh, had yeah. a unit of warriors in there, and I'm like, "Bah, he can come in if he wants. I'm in the woods, I'm safe." And he's like, he, you, were like think "You were like, think again. You're not safe." Yeah. And you rode those guys down, and then turned around and pulled them right back out. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and all I had to show for was yeah. it was one turn where you had so much fatigue you couldn't do anything with them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and and uh, the thing about that unit was that it puts a, an immediate uh, uh, fatigue point on the enemy when you attack. I mean, they take it on immediately.
0: Right, so that's and, factored
1: right. into the combat, right? Right,
0: right. and that's actually uh, the Moors have an ability like that called Torrent of Iron, and it's their number mm-hmm. one ability, their bottom right ability, as I always like to say on the on the board. And um, what I like to do with that that is I charge an, an enemy, got to make sure they have two fatigue on them already. If, if there's a unit out there with two fatigue on it, I'm charging them a torrent of iron, and then I'm going to inflict the fatigue so they're exhausted, so they're minus right. one to all their attack rolls, and then I'm going to raise my armor to six so they can't do any damage at all to me. They could roll 50 billion dice, but they can't roll a six because six minus one is a five, and that's the best you can roll. So, absolutely. Another yeah. sound
1: strategy, another yeah. sound strategy. So. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought about that t- attack in the woods. You know, I was considering that with Jason, but he was too far away from me and he was, uh, he was shooting me with his missile units and that sort of thing. So I went for a flanking maneuver, but yeah. uh, you know, it worked out a close game, a fun game. Uh, you know, Jason, like so many of the guys and, and Jenny too, that's there just, just great folks to play. Uh, great attitudes and, and great sports. Uh, sports people
0: right yeah i don't think we have anybody in our group who's who's a royal pain in the butt or anything there it's uh it's a, it's a fun group i mean I, I realize that most of us are kind of new to the game and everything so you know if we played like uh one of those you know big 10 versus acc challenges or whatever like that we we'd probably have a lot to learn up and you know top to bottom but you know I, I just i like our group too it's it's growing too i mean we had 18 people there I mean, that was...
1: I, yeah, I think it's kind of going the way of, of uh, you know how DBA grew mm-hmm. uh, to the point where we had so many folks that were playing it because it was such a great beer and pretzel kind of game and it was still challenging. You know, it mm-hmm. was uh, it, w- it was still very challenging and you had so many options when it came to to armies and all that. And for those of us that are really into historical miniatures, it just doesn't get much better than this.
0: Right, and the fact that twelve stands of troops later, you were you had a new army painted up and, you know, that was half the fun too, seeing the new armies that everybody brought and the camps they had built and everything like that. So, so yeah, I, I agree. I think Saga, Saga is definitely going that direction for us here. Um, we have those two tournaments, uh, this October, we got the one at ATC on, on Saturday and then the one at Cincycon on Saturday. Now I know you also do flames or in bold action. Or are you going to be doing those instead in October or have you made your mind up on that?
1: No, as as of right now, I'm I'm thinking Saga. Um, awesome. of, course, of course, I always enjoy uh, getting uh, getting to hang out with with you and Jenny and Mike and Jason and and all the other folks and that sort of thing. It's just a a good fun group. I feel very comfortable with that. I'm I'm feeling comfortable with a lot of the other folks too, obviously. But I don't know. There's just something about the group of folks that used to play DBA and they'll play Saga. They're just fun to be around and, and it's just so enjoyable. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure what I'm going to do. And I, I didn't even, I don't think I was even sure about CincyCon, but you know, definitely ATC. I know how much uh, work uh, that you have put into this and I wouldn't miss it for the world. And not just because of that, but it, it's, it's so much fun too. You know, I'll, you know, definitely count on me being there. I, I will definitely be there.
0: Awesome. Well, that's that's a big fist pump for me that I stole you away from the Flames of War and and bold action community <laughs> for the tournament. <laughs> so, yeah. so I can always
1: get that in some other way. Believe me. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, insert evil insidious laugh there. Yeah, that's great. I'm so yeah, I'm glad to hear that, Bob. I actually already got some yeah, prizes uh-uh. in the mail from uh, for the uh, for the tournament. I um, Raj from Saga Thursday uh, hooked me up with Andy from Gripping Beast and uh they sent us two uh two boxed uh like plastic starter set kind of things and like about four uh-huh. other packs of figures and so so yeah so that's a good start on it um i'm looking to to get some more stuff i'm also thinking you've, have you've you seen my measuring sticks that i made the the real colorful ones the big wooden ones
1: no no oh, okay, i have not
0: well. I'll have to show it to you next uh, next time, but uh, I'm thinking about they don't really take that much time to make up, and I'm thinking about making those up and giving like one to every every uh, attendee at the tournament. So, and I'll, I'll probably oh, also I'll probably also paint up some general stands, uh, some warlord stands, you know, the standard bearer and you know a dog or whatever, and put those in there too as prizes for people to to pick from. So.
1: Well, I tell you, I'm really looking forward to it. I always love ATC anyway. It's so close to me. I'm just outside Springfield.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. And,
1: you know, born, born and raised in Springfield, so I can't miss ATC. But definitely, I don't want to miss the uh, saga at, yeah. at ATC this year.
0: Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we're uh, we're planning, and that was the thing. I, I could have gone originally. We'd planned last year when, of course, ATC got canceled due to COVID. We planned on having the saga turn on Friday because we were kind of the new kid in town. But I think in the ensuing time, we've grown enough to the point where, you know, we can easily have 16 people show up, I think, you know, easily. I mean, if we had 18 at, you know, just on a Sunday at uh, Dragon's Guild Hall, I think we can get 16 at a you know, convention tournament.
1: Well, you know, it's amazing how this can grow. I remember getting into DBA uh, by going to, I think at the time it was uh, Origins mm-hmm. in Columbus. And it was um, Jack and Bud, if you mm-hmm. remember Jack I and Bud. I do remember them, yep. And uh, I see Jack passed recently, but I, yeah, I still did. see Bud from, from time to time. But two really great guys uh, that were there to really help newbies you know, come in and learn the game and they were just so kind, so generous with their time Um, and, and, you know, just got me involved right away. And then it was over after that. I mean, you know, once I I met them, uh, learned about the game and how much fun it could be, I was hooked and and have been ever since. So uh, that has been a really, really positive experience.
0: Yeah, we were, we did, we did a big time at Origins. We would have pretty much tournaments from the day we started, like on Thursday to to saturday night i mean we'd have different styles of tournaments and everything so um so yeah i, I can i can easily see saga growing to that proportion now i think I, I do think that um they're not you know a saga tournament's kind of an all-day thing as opposed to you know dba we could get it over in like a five-hour or four-hour event slot Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I still think it's, I I think it's good. I think it's, it's more of a commitment to sit down and play Saga for three games all day than it was to commit to DBA, one DBA tournament. But I I still think that, uh, the richness is going to be there as more and more people come in as somebody says, Hey, here's my new, you know, Daniel comes in and said, here's my new Anglo-Saxon army. I just painted up and somebody else comes in with their new army and everything. I think it's gonna be the same kind of thrill, uh that we see especially because there's a lot you can do i mean the warlord bases you can do fun stuff with uh, you know the objective markers you can do fun stuff with so yeah it's i'm really looking forward to the the future of saga here and in, in in our area
1: yeah and the more time spent playing the better i mean for me when i war game time has no meaning mm-hmm. i mean I'm, I'm just in that i talk about being in the zone for me war puts me in the zone so a day of a day of playing saga or some game that I absolutely love um it's time well spent and it's time that just passes so quickly so i'm I'm really looking forward to origins and and then sincesicon too
0: yeah and i and I'd say that uh this last year's kind of taught us to to savor those moments because you never know when it's going to be taken away from you for a year so so yeah, I agree it's definitely time well spent sit down at the table and playing saga um now we were talking about new armies, and I know you kind of alluded to this. Do you have a next purchase in mind? Uh, I mean, you got—you said you got your painting up. The uh, right now you're working on Romans right now, right?
1: Right. Um, yeah. So I I bought twenty-eight millimeter Praetorian Guard and twenty-eight mil, millimeter Auxilia. So I you know I have a lot of twenty-five millimeter. I don't know if that's just going to do or not. So, I might end up buying uh, 28 millimeter legionaries mm-hmm. and paint those up, but I'll probably stick with uh, cavalry. If I have cavalry, I'm assuming I'll have some cavalry. I'll probably stick with the 25 millimeter cavalry that I already have. Right. So, a lot of it's going to depend on the book and what's authorized uh, and that sort of thing. Ballista to, you know, probably taking a look at it just for the fun of it. But uh, the, the next thing uh, after this is definitely going to be early Imperial Roman.
0: Okay, all right, cool, and I honestly think twenty fives would work you know if especially if it's you know it's just your army you know you're not mixing in like oh here's here's these figures and I'm also gonna mix in a you know uh sore gripping beast uh um unit on in with this army, and then they would look noticeably different, but otherwise your your army right. is your army and it's, I think it would look fine like that, so I wouldn't worry too much about it um so okay. Alright, cool. Well, that so that is the next one and what now which which manufacturer are these Praetorians and the uh, the auxilia from? Oh
1: the armies uh, that I've been using for the Crusaders has been the and I hope I'm saying this right, the Deuce Volt D E U S V U L T from Fire Forge. okay. So that is what I Okay. Yeah, so I I've used Fireforge uh for the Crusader army.
0: They also have Mongols too, but I honestly looked at the. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm I'm terrible at gluing things together. And I looked at some of the pictures they had of that spr- of the different sprues, and I was like, Oh my gosh! Each man <laughs> is like assembling a model ship. Yeah. You know oh
1: saying? yes, yes, yes. Um, that's very true. Believe me, my western my western warriors slash knights are almost done. Except now I have to glue on the heads. All right, so, that is so much fun <laughs> so
0: tell me tell me how many pieces is one of those western warrior ni- warrior knights in
1: uh, the horse comes in uh, let's see one two three pieces okay the warrior is mainly the body with legs on it and then you have to put on uh, the arms okay. and the head Okay. And the arm the arm can come sometimes with a shield, um, you know, the left arm with a shield, or you glue on a separate left arm and then glue on a separate shield to it.
0: So you could have up to eight pieces there, uh, for just one figure. Oh my gosh. I think I made the right yeah. choice.
1: <laughs> well and then a cape. And then let well if you want the Oh my cape, gosh, there's a cape, cape on to it? it? yeah but (laughs) but i'll tell you yeah after after you do it they look good you know after they look good and since i've retired i have time (laughs) to glue stuff that i didn't have before so so i've i've been satisfied except except for the time it takes to put them together but uh but the end product i think is is worth uh, is worth it
0: so what are you using to glue do you use like a model glue or are you using super glue or
1: I just use super glue, uh, super glue and super, super gel, uh, depending on what I've got in stock. You know, uh, typically if I'm at Kroger or or I'm at the hobby shop or something like that, I'm always picking up additional glue or the dollar store uh, to be able uh, to, you know, to do that. But usually it would be a super glue. Okay. uh, That, that I use. So, uh, and and, and it, and it works, you know, it stays on there and after you've uh, primed it, and and that sort of thing it sticks together pretty pretty nicely and, and looks looks ready for painting
0: well and i do like when you see on different forums and everything people are showing pictures of the uh what they've been able to do with the different pieces and bits that are in the uh those box and i i think that's a great direction for the the hobby to go in you know your army is a kit that you assemble rather than everybody gets this this one's pose and this one pose and that one pose and it lets people individualize and actually, you know, kit bash new new armies out of it. So I, I think it's a great direction. I'm just not sure if it's my if it's in my wheelhouse if it's my direction or not.
1: <laughs> hey, do what's fun. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Right. You know? Yeah. That's this is play, This music. is playtime for us, right? That's it's right. That's
0: absolutely. <laughs> so and that was the other thing. Those those uh, Mongol figures I was looking at are metal and I'm more of a metal guy, so um, and I looked at the po- I looked at the, the different pictures of them, and it looked like it's the usual thing, like, you know, the horse and the rider are separate and, you know, maybe a banner is separate or something like that. But but for the most part, the figures are cast, everything's cast on, which is
1: well, I much I much prefer that, Mike, I would I would just as soon do that. And believe me, when I'm doing a Saga, as well as a Flames of War and Bolt Action uh it it really is a combination of both uh metal pieces as well as uh plastic pieces that have to be put together um hmm. so you just kind of get used to working with whatever w- whatever it is you you've ordered and and be it metal or plastic and and all that but uh yeah. by yeah. the time it's done you know hopefully it looks okay
0: oh yeah yeah like i said i like a, i like how your armies look on the tabletop They're, especially your your knights i mean those are very active poses and i always Always like when I come, you know, get back that night and uh, you know, take them from my phone onto my laptop, and they always look like they're so full of action. You know, they're bursting across the field. Uh, you know,
1: so yeah, it's good stuff. It's what we enjoy, right? It's why we yeah. get into to uh, military uh, miniatures, historical miniatures, and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of it is just the um, the vision, the vision, the visibility, uh, the fact that you're actually looking at something. Uh, that could actually represent uh, historical figures.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that was always, always one of my favorite parts of building a new army was watching this part of history come to life before my eyes. You know, and you know, you, we we do the research. We're like, okay, I've read up on this. This is what they should look like. Uh, this is what colors I should use here. And you know, you, you, as you build, as you paint more and more figures and base them up, and you get to see, I mean, it's just really cool to see the army you've read about from history there you know right there on your table underneath your painting lamp and everything and and yeah you just can't wait to get it out on the field and uh, see how it goes see how they perform yeah, and it, even to
1: join some of those B movies that that have uniforms that the plot really is horrible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but actually and... actually actually watching and saying well did they get the uniforms right <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she ask you that now all the time oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it it is something that I have trouble with when uh especially if you know you know God love the old Hollywood movies, but sometimes what they they just use whatever what was in the cabinet. And You'd see these supposed to be the Greeks at Thermopylae and they got this uh, I don't know some biblical era armor on and and, and helmet. And i was just like, how are you supposed to be a Greek? Oh, I mean, oh. you you know any yeah. any school kid can tell you what a Greek hoplite looked like, and you've got you know the pharaoh's <laughs> guards out there or something. You know, trying to be.
1: Oh, it. Oh, isn't that horrible? It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> so. Or yeah, actually taking it to the extreme. Wait a minute, you didn't have stirrups back then, you know. And, oh yeah. And, uh... Yeah,
0: not, I, I will tend not to obsess over that one, although I do remember, you know, when when Braveheart first came out, you know, my friends were asking me, well, is it accurate? I'm like, well, you know, there's a few big historical problems with it. But other than that, it's a fun movie. And, you know, so but yeah,
1: enjoy the plot. Yeah. Enjoy the plot.
0: Enjoy the 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 cast of. Hundreds, if not thousands, as they go across the table, you gotta like that. They go
1: across Absolutely. The so, Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so I know that I kind of uh, kind of force-fed you into the uh, Crusaders. Did you want to talk about your Last Roman some, or uh, were you planning on talking about? Well, Crusaders you know, I
1: I definitely been? haven't played them uh, in a while, but I've got to say the the, the particular unit as part of the uh, Last Romans, the Cataphracts. Mm-hmm. just a powerful I mean you pay for it it's really expensive but it's such a great striking force I mean once it hit it's it's going to take out whatever it hits the mm-hmm. question is you know how close are other enemy units to you where they can counterattack uh and, and weaken that force uh, because you've invested so much in it uh, if you end up losing it you can be in a lot of trouble but you know it's definitely worth staying away from if you're the opponent um, yeah not, I uh, not yeah. that you could do that
0: and, and i've been on the receiving end as we said my i mean granted it was only an eight-man warrior unit and you, you know i'd spent one point on that and you'd spent three points on them so you know they should they should lose to the empire's steel fist as they're called the cabana for uh so um let me say so i was just gonna check them out so the fact that they're they're a uh, armor five against shooting really helps out too um, because, yeah, I would say that if, if you had those on the table, you would definitely want to hide from cross levy crossbowmen, uh, cause they would be hitting you on fours there. So yeah, that's, but yeah, you're right. That's, uh, it could be a eight figure three point unit, half of your army basically. And, uh, yeah, that's, that is a tough army. Now I've seen yeah, they you use you... them. they
1: don't move very—they don't move very quickly, but they can charge, you know. And mm-hmm. and and obviously you're going to want to use them to charge anyway. So right. if you can get them in into position, they can be deadly.
0: Right. I agree. Now I've seen you use them very effectively, like I said firsthand, uh, and I've seen you use them very effectively with, in other games too. Uh, but I also saw that uh, Mike Stelzer, when he was playing Last Romans, he was struggling <laughs> with that unit. Uh, he insisted on using it and everything. matter of fact, in his first game, he forgot to count it, count one of the extra points. And we were, we were cheesing him that, uh, he played with a seven point army and still lost. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so he said he ran into a real problem with, the uh, Normans when they could shoot at him from like two feet away with that one battle board ability they have that lets them shoot like, a uh, from two, two longs. But, with an armor of five, I, and plus I'm thinking if you're smart, you can hide them from any shots, right? I mean,
1: um, well, you know, it's, it's a large unit, you know. Obviously, now I try to use them not so much as uh, the center of my line, but uh, but to to outflank, to hit to hit on the flank, to hold the center and hit on one of the flanks, mm-hmm. um, is how I use them. But if I'm not I'm trying to think. One one of my units also had the um, compound bow. Uh-huh. And I know that I was playing against a Roman army and they had the bolt thrower. That oh, could yeah. hit you. Just, to, yeah. you know. Okay, so what I did in that particular case, and it was, was with that army, uh, I was able to get up close enough uh, to fire the bows and destroy the bolt thrower to take it out.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So if, if the enemy had... Um, had some advantage of distance when it came to missile units. Uh, What I tried to do was to be able to get up to it as soon as possible with one of my smaller units and take it out before it impacted, you know, before it impacted like the cataphracts.
0: Right. So, so that's definitely uh, something you're conscious of is you can't leave them out there as an exposed, uh, exposed target, whether to enemy charges or enemy shots or anything.
1: Yeah, if, if nothing else, engage them quickly, you know, to, right. to eliminate units, even if they're small particularly if they're small units, quickly, to start, mm. um, you know, pushing in on the flanks. Okay. All right, At yeah. least so far, you know, that's what I've tried to do. Now, I'll go back to them. I'm going to probably play the Crusaders another couple of times to get a better feel for it, and then I'll probably switch over to the late Romans again to, to um, uh, kind of re-energize myself with that army.
0: All right. How fast of a painter are you? I thought, I thought you were pretty fast. I thought for sure that like we taught you the game and like the next month you showed up with your last Romans. Uh, I mean, do you think there's a chance you might get the other Romans, uh, the ones that you're assembling and painting now done before fall or, or what?
1: Uh, probably before fall easily. Um, Okay. It kind of depends on whether projects I have. And right now, I've pretty much finished up my bolt action and Flames of War armies, unless something you know comes up, which won't take much time. But then I think my emphasis will switch over to early Imperial. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that depends on whether or not we get the army book.
0: Right. But I'm, I'm thinking yeah. you could use the same, you could use the board that, that Dave Eblin uses, the, the, uh, the Romans from the Age of Invasions. Do you have that battle board?
1: No, I have the uh, the books from the Viking. Uh, I right. have the two books with the boards: the Vikings and then the Crusades are the two that I have.
0: Right. Okay. Is, so, he, is his
1: in either of those, or is his in another? No, one?
0: it's in that. It, it was originally Edius and Arthur for version one of Saga, and then they put right, out the right. little you know foldy page you know four page supplement of uh, Age of Invasions. Um, they didn't put everything in it, so it might be kind of hard to build an army. And not have that part of the the list. Right, uh, right, but right. I would think you could use that. I mean, Dave uses it. Uh, I mean, he. he you know, so I don't know. It's Who knows? Maybe by the time, you know, you get that army painted up, you know, Age of Caesars is out. Who knows? We'll see.
1: Well, I'll guarantee you by the time the book's out, I'll have an army that I can field. In
0: okay. fact, I could
1: field an army right now uh, with a combination of 25 and 28 millimeter, but I'd like it to be all 28.
0: Right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. What yeah, what, what about Age of Hannibal? Has anything caught your eye in Age of Hannibal and uh, that of those six armies?
1: I have not looked at that. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have that.
0: Oh, okay. You um, don't own the, own the book yet. Okay. All right.
1: No, so, but you know, I'm always interested in a, um, a Alexander or late Alexandrian army. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that is always interesting always interesting maybe even carthaginian mm-hmm. uh but then but then again i also like greeks <laughs> so, yeah you know with hoplites and and things like that just because of how colorful they are
0: oh yeah yeah definitely oh, yeah. so you know. yeah well who knows it all depends on what uh what catches our eye and what we end up doing um like i said i for all i know next you know, next week I may have ordered the Mongol army or I may have been on to something else. <laughs> I, may be I bet, I bet
1: I'll bet i see it here before too much longer.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Yeah. So, well, all right, Bob, so you're, you're coming next, uh, you know, next time at the Guard Tower, right? In about a week and a week and a half or so.
1: I look forward to it. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely.
0: Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to talk to me here on the podcast. And uh, I look forward to seeing you here. And uh, hopefully we can get a chance to to solve that tie. What, uh, what happened there? And, you know, play, another, play a rubber match.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm afraid what's going to happen there. But it'll be I, fun, no, matter, oh, no yeah. matter what.
0: Plus, it's uh, two Age of Crusades armies. If we go your Baltics against my Moors. Now, obviously, we're separated by many hundreds of miles but nevertheless it's 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 good so
1: that's absolutely and and mike thank you so much for doing this and and being such a champion for war gaming and particularly uh with saga now uh because it's such a wonderful game it's so much fun and um it's just uh it's just fun to be a part of it so so thank you so much for that you're welcome
0: it's been a it's been a real pleasure and i kind of tip my hat to andy swingle and steve phelan they're the ones who who got us rolling and then i just started running my mouth and uh contacting everybody about it and uh looks like we're we've got the ball really rolling now so i'm looking forward to it
1: well it's a great uh, trio
0: Yep. all right well bob (laughs) good talking to you and i will see you here shortly then
1: thanks mike you take care
0: all right you too bye